I'm going to invite Andrew and Deera up in just a minute, but I want to just kind of introduce them to you guys. I, some of you know them well. Some of you may still be getting to know them. Um, but Andrew and Deera have been a part of our church family for years now. And for as long as I've known them, they've been called to the mission field, specifically in Indonesia. Um, Andrew's just a local Knoxville boy. Deera is from Indonesia by way of England. And they met in Africa on a mission trip. And so um, missions is just a part of who they are. And so they have loved and served faithfully in this church where God has planted them while fostering this call from him for the future. And so they've served and volunteered. They've, they lead life groups. They're deacons in our church, which is our servant leaders. Um, and then they run our kids ministry. They run our youth ministry. And so just, I want y'all to have that context as they come and share about the trip they were just on, um, an exploratory trip in Indonesia. And as we consider what might be in the future for them. And so have your hearts open to them, to what God's doing in their lives. And just know as a church, we're partnering with our friends now and into the future. Okay. So would y'all make them feel welcome as they come up? Come on up, Andrew and dear. We love you guys. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to pray over y'all in just a second, then y'all can take it. Um, the other thing I just want to say for the students that typically go to class with Andrew, we wanted you guys to be in here to hear this. And so, um, this will be most of the service. I might share a few thoughts at the end to kind of pull things together. Um, but we're going to give them our, our heart and our attention this morning. Amen. All right. Well, Lord, we thank you for Andrew and Dira for their hearts for you. God, for, for their faithful obedience in their day-to-day -day lives and in their faithfulness to answer your call on their life. And so, Lord, I just pray as they open their heart and their life to share with us this morning, God, would you just give them clarity, help them to speak from their heart. And God, would you prepare us just to hear and receive from our friends, God, what you're doing, what it looks like you might be doing in the future. And God, may we know that we are a part of this. God, we are one body. And so would we hear your call of how we can participate with our brother and sister, praying for them, supporting them, encouraging them all along the way. God, we love you and we just commit this time to you. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen. It's so good to be back. Um, we've missed everybody so much. And yeah, it's so good seeing everybody's faces. Um, first of all, we want to say a huge thank you to all the support, prayers, and um, you guys have supported us in so many ways, even the unseen. But we feel that and we see that um, like we felt so much favor and like all throughout the journey, we were like, this is all great. Like so many people must be praying for us and we felt your prayers and we really couldn't have done it without you. And we felt like we're going as a team. We felt like we went with you guys as, yeah. So it was, thank you so much for, yeah. for all that. Yeah. yeah, I know we've had a chance to, to tell all the kids like that they've, you know, they've been praying for us and stuff, but thank you guys for doing that. And you were with us, like she was saying, like we genuinely felt your prayers and support and it truly felt like we weren't alone. So it was such a, an amazing experience to feel that. And we'll show you all that happened out of your faithful prayers and support. So, um, yeah, we're going to like tag team the whole time. So, <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, um, 
two weeks before we left to Indonesia, we had. Oh, okay. Going back a little bit. Uh, so in this trip, we had kind of two parts, and the first part of the trip was uh, seeing family. It was f Andrew's first time, and the kids to actually be there, and so like. Andrew and the kids finally got to see my grandparents and my cousin, my cousin, uncles. So it was amazing. Like seeing, seeing them be in the country that I'm from was huge. And yeah, it was definitely priceless, that part. And then the second part of the trip was the ministry side of the trip. And for the ministry, for the, for the ministry, ministry side of the trip, um, kind of crazy how God put it together because the first two weeks, Two weeks before we left to Indonesia, we had some plans. Um, we had a couple of people we were going to see, and then we had uh, some ideas. But we thought that a lot of the weight of like kind of exploring and figuring out things was in our shoulders. We thought like we have to make this happen, kind of thing. Uh, but then three days before we left, more things happened. Yeah, yeah. Um, and if. For you guys with the pictures, if you guys want to just go to the family photo, I think it was like picture number one. Yeah. And then, so that's like, that's Dira's whole clan down there, like her whole family. Um, and yeah, it was, it was a huge reunion. I don't think this is, this big of one has happened in forever. I don't, this might've been the first one, but yeah, we've been married almost 10 years and that was the first time I got to, to meet her family. It's been a long time coming. Um, but yeah, so... We thought, like Deer said, that would be on our shoulders to figure things out, to survey. We had our eyes set on a certain province uh, called Ntete in Indonesia. Um, and we had a couple of meetings set. But we thought we were going to, you know, see how bad the issues of trafficking were ourselves, kind of see what's going on, what the climate is. And, um, I mean, and figure out practical things because we were wanting to move there. So it's like, okay, well, let's see what kind of schools are there, healthcare, all the practical side of things. Um, but three days before we left, which is a Friday, God started to lift things off and take things at his own pace. And we were just like, okay, this is, this is how this is going to go. Um, so we, and I'll tell you, we need to get coffee if you want to hear more because it's impossible for me to tell you all the crazy testimonies and confirmations. But um, in a roundabout way, we met this ministry, um, well, the president and CEO of this organization that's based out of Oregon. Uh, it's called Compassion First. Um, if you guys want to go home and go to the website, it'll you'll see all what they do. But um, it's compassionfirst.org. And they've been in Indonesia for... 12 years now, um, doing anti-trafficking work and um, rescuing girls and, and all of that, all the things that we want to do. And um, I, had a, I got a meeting with that uh, president and CEO right before we left and got to tell them like what we feel called to do, basically really to see if it's an opportunity for us to go and visit what they're doing and learn from them and really not have too much of a, an agenda, but just to see what they do on a daily basis. Um, but as I was talking with him, it really felt like I was talking to an older version of myself. It was like the most smoothest, you know, Zoom meetings are awkward anyway, but it did not feel like, I didn't feel awkward. It didn't feel um, hard or difficult to talk to him at all. And things that he was saying were things that we have said for the past 12 years. And what another crazy thing about it is, so I got, I felt called to this specific ministry in 2010 and I was in California 
Dira felt called to this specific ministry when she was in Africa in 2010. And this ministry opened their doors in 2010 in Indonesia, doing the exact same thing that we felt called to. So by the end of the conversation, his name's Mike Mercer. And he said, Andrew, I know you're not asking me of anything really. And we're not like signing any lines or crossing any T's or doing anything official. But he's like, I can't help but to think that this conversation is ordained. Um, I'll have to tell you the story, but we met off of Instagram. That's how kind of ridiculous this meeting is. Like it, it, it's kind of nuts. So by the end of it, he said, well, what I would really like you to do, can you fly to Sulawesi um, and specifically this city called Minato? That's where our safe house is to see like an active aftercare facility going on. Um, so you can see it firsthand. He's like, and it just so happens to be that the entire Indonesian leadership is there at this time. So can you make this happen? And I'm like, I don't know. Cause like, if you guys got to see our itinerary, it felt impossible to add anything else, yeah. but we finagled things around. And right before we left, we purchased two more flight tickets. I think the whole time we were there, we were on nine different airplanes. We spent time in 20 different cities and it was just like, go, 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 go the whole time. Um, but yeah, so um, I think the next one, uh, yeah, okay. So this is, um, I'll tell you about this picture in a second, but Dara and I are at the bottom of this heart right there. Um, but so yeah, we went to Minato and we got to see the safe house in action. And when we got there, the ministry was in, they had a global worship service happening. So we flew at 2.30 in the morning, got there at seven. We only had, I only had like one hour of sleep. This, and then we had a full day planned. <laughs> but um, we got there and uh, the US team was zooming in. They had all their other bases zooming in and they were having this global worship service. And it was literally like walking into what we had been dreaming for for 12 years. And like they were the, I mean, they were erupting in praise. It wasn't just like your nice tidy little thing. Like the girls that lived there who had been rescued from trafficking were leading the worship service. That one was singing, one was playing guitar, one was drumming. And like, you could just see the whole complete transformation. And we walked into something that we, I mean, we just started bawling. It was just, I can't, it's hard to even put it in words. Um, so we got to worship with them. We met the leadership after we got to see what all they do on a daily basis. And then we got to partake in like this event that they had planned and the girls that live there, they, uh, they learned like a historical reference of like our underground railroad here back in you know, back in the day, specifically about this reverend um, who would light his, uh, would light a lantern at his house for the slaves. If they could escape, they knew it was safe to cross the Ohio River. And it's this like long historical story. So the girls learned about that. They made lanterns themselves and they planned this like 5K walk at this Christian retreat center. And so we got to take that walk with them. And for the girls, like, I mean, for them to do that type of walk in the reference of saves being set for, slaves being set free, like, and watching uh, like them worship and pray through that whole time, it was, we were wrecked the whole time. Um, so we got to, we got to partake in that. And um, yeah, yeah. The next picture, you can see um, one more clip of us walking through 
this area. And they had, I mean, it was really simple, handmade lanterns, um, just like crafts, but there's about 15 girls that live in this shelter. Um, and the youngest just turned 13. And, and I'll try to, um, we'll keep it G-rated, but you guys will see the website if you go on there. Like, I, it'll explain a lot more. Um, but yeah, and then if, yeah, if you want to say anything. Um, yeah, so being in the safe house was amazing. Like, there's no words to express how amazing it was because we've talked about it, we've um, prayed about it, and to actually be there, like, we could not make that happen. And it was amazing, like, seeing the girls' eyes. You can see that they know, they have experienced through, um, like, res being rescued literally, like, not just spiritually, but the whole, her whole self, their whole self was rescued, and we can see in their eyes. And it was so humbling to like to be there. And they're like, one of the girls did my hair, and there's the sweetest girls, and they have dreams. And there's like some girls. There's a girl that's about to study, going to law school to be a lawyer, and she said she wants to go to law school so that she can help other girls. And I just sat bawling right there. But it was just so humbling. And, and seeing their eyes, I'm like, Lord, we want to do this. We want to rescue other children so that we can, there's, there's going to be more of this. And so it was just amazing. And we've learned so much. There's so many things that we didn't think before being there. And I think we, it just kind of eye-opening for us and also confirming at the same time. Yeah, it was it was amazing. Yeah, um, and then I mean on the website, even of this this organization, the verbiage that they use, like I don't know if you guys watched the YouTube video that we put out explaining what we're doing, but the stuff that we said, even in that, on their website has like almost verbatim what I said, and before we even knew about them, of like prevention, rescue, and rehabilitation, and so it, it's really amazing what they do. Um, so after our time in Minato, um, we went to uh, the province that we'd been eyeing for two years in Tete. And if Minato wasn't enough to blow our minds, God surely sealed the deal with Tete and the stuff that happened there. Um, it was as if he just handed us an itinerary that he had. Because like we said, we just were gonna survey and kind of explore on our own. But he's like, oh no, just, just wait. And, and so um, our time in, uh, in Tete, there was not a moment wasted and we had meeting after meeting after meeting. It was like, we, that we didn't plan, none of it. Like, like we had two, maybe two, meeting, two meetings planned and then the rest just was, fell in our lap. Uh, the driver that we had, um, he had been driving people in the province for like 20 years and he was like the encyclopedia to the entire province. <laughs> Everything that we talked about, he's like, oh, you need to meet them. Oh, you need to meet them. Oh, you need to meet, like just, it was nuts. He would know exactly what to say. And we thought we would like, oh, maybe we'll have to explore hours to find this information. And he just gave us in like yeah. a second. Yeah. He had the phone number of the person that we needed to meet and it was, it was nuts. So, um, so yeah, you can go to the next picture here. And then Derek. And um, the crazy thing too, we, when we were uh, spending time with my family, we found out that my cousin is living in the in Antete and I haven't talked to her in years. And, and so my auntie said, like, yeah, you have a cousin living there. So we got to see her and she's working in the government and okay. it just, of that province and it just worked out for us yeah. to see them. Yeah. 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 And then, um, the compact. oh yeah, and then the next picture, 
right there. Uh, so we also got to see um, a local NGO, and they have lots of information about trafficking because they've kind of been trying to do some work uh, with that. And it was seeing them was amazing because it was like a conf it was confirmation again because there's so many things that we tried to figure out online, like doing our own research. It was really hard, but. Talking to them was like, they were like, yes, this is a big issue and the government is not doing much. We have really little resources, but um, we're trying to do it. And then they basically said, like, you guys need to come here to help us out. Yeah, yeah. yeah there's, they basically confirmed that there's really no one in that province doing what we uh, feel called to do there. Um, and so, and then you can go to the next one. Um, this, so the lady right here, um, she's been our main contact for the past two years in this province. Um, I mean, we've been getting, going back and forth with her. She has like, a, uh, she works with an organization that brings electricity and water to far, hard to reach villages uh, because this whole province is kind of forgotten and like the smaller islands or the government just really hasn't done much as a nation to help this one province. So they're going in and bringing electricity and water. And, um, but she got us in touch with Pastor Carol in the back. Um, he just so happens to be what, like one of the leading pastors in the province. And we got to meet him. He was in government in this province before he was a pastor. So he has tons of connections there. He's on a, he's a part of an association for anti-trafficking in all of Asia. Um, and his best friend is like kind of, they have like a, a vice mayor role in Sumba, which we'll tell you next, that we had no idea that's where we were going next. And so his best friend is in government in this smaller island um, in this same province. So it was just, it was kind of mind blowing, but he's an amazing guy. Like I'll tell you more about him later, but I mean, he's, he's crossed like crocodile infested rivers to get to disciple and evangelize other hard to reach villages. Like the guy's crazy. Uh, he's, he's awesome. He's definitely a hero for sure. Um, and then the next one, um, this was the port in Kupang, uh, the city that we were in. And this is, we knew this is where a lot of the crime takes place. And so we wanted to take a moment of drawing a line in the sand and like, claiming it for the kingdom and prayed. And we just went there and, and prayed and everybody looked at us like we were crazy. And we just stood there and prayed our guts out for this province and the nation and that, um, that this crime that's taking place would, would stop. And so the culmination of time in Entete was a, just a confirmation that what we had found before we left was actually true. And all of these people confirmed that this, the number one thing facing the children of that, uh, the issue facing the children is trafficking. Um, so you can go to the next one. Yeah. And this is Sumba. <laughs> a beautiful place, mind-blowingly so. Uh, but yeah, you can tell. Yeah. <clears throat> so um, the moment we landed at Sumba, we felt like something different. We felt the connection with the land that was crazy, was amazing, but uh, we didn't really know too much about Sumba until we were, we were in Kupang and Tete, and where we actually got some facts about this island, the fact that most trafficking in the whole country, and well, in Entete, but even in the whole country, comes from this tiny island, and um, so this island is really behind, so basically, like, 
It's still filled with villages that have no access to water, to electricity, education, and so like the traf um, like kind of the mafia is kind of using that as a tool because they they're so poor that it's easy to get kids out of that. So we feel um, yeah, there's definitely a lot of needs in this place in this island. Um, and then we found Sumba by a contact that her brother randomly met after we had booked the tickets and she runs a, a children's center on this island. And so we've been talking to her, but she, uh, there was a family emergency, so she, she wasn't gonna be there when we were there. So through her, we met, and you can go to the next slide. Uh, we met Artie and Artie's right here. This is his family, wife and kids. And um, we hung out with him majority of the time. He, um, he has, he basically created this, what's called the Elevate School. And it's a private Christian school in the area. And because of what Dara was saying, like lack of education, if the kids stop going to school at three, then it's a lot easier for them to get taken and, and, and trafficked and all that. But basically, so what he's doing, and unbeknownst to him, that's a huge prevention measure that he's doing. So if he can, he basically, he brings Christian education to hard to reach villages on this island. And he's planted 18 schools. And um, these kids were having to walk three miles one way when they're like, you know, babies five. to get to school, like five. Um, and so he's bringing schools to the villages and the parents or the people of the villages are getting involved. The teachers don't even get paid. Like they're donating their time to teach the kids. And uh, it's pretty amazing what he's doing. Um, and so you can go to the next slide. This is us. We took a trip with him up like on the top of this ridge. There's this small village that we're going to. Um, and you can flip to the next one. And then this is us at one of those schools. And so they, the kids had prepared like a performance for us. They had like poems that they wrote. And um, it's just really, really awesome to see what they're doing. And um, the there's not like Islam is the predominant religion in the whole country, but on this one island, it's a primitive religion, like kind of like unique to this island. And um, so the cool thing that God is doing is that these kids are getting an education, they're learning the gospel, they're getting saved, and then they're going back to their families, and then their parents are getting saved. So the church in this one village is literally bursting at the seams, and they're trying to figure out how they can build like another church uh, building next to where they are currently. And so through this Elevate School, like it's, God is really using it. Um, and it's, it's pretty incredible to see. Uh, you can go to the next slide. Um, this is a pastor and his wife, uh, the pastor of this one village. Um, and he, he was just telling us like the fruit of the school and how he's like receiving it all in his church and getting to, getting to see that. So his name's Pastor Jerson and that's his wife, Novi. Um, yeah, they're, we got to encourage them, pray for them, bless them. Uh, you can flip to the next one. And then this is the third grade class building that's being built. Um, and when we were there, Artie was saying, yeah, we, the, so the foundation was being built by the village. Like the parents were coming and doing it without pay and they were building the foundation. And then Artie said, we don't know, we don't really have the funding for the rest of the building. And so this school year, we're probably gonna meet under this tree and Dara and I looked at each other because God like 
provided more than we needed for this trip. And we looked at each other and we're like, no, you won't. Like, we're going to finish this building for you. And so um, that, that picture was taken two days ago. Uh, and they're already starting on that, on that building because we see like the biggest prevention for these kids to stay in school is to have access to school. And, they, and then that way they can continue to, to be educated. Um, and then you can go to the next one. We're almost done. This is speed round, I understand. But um, yeah, this is the uh, orphanage that we got to visit just for a short time. Um, our contact, like we said, she wasn't there. So we were going to spend more time. It just didn't work out that way. But we still got to hang out with the kids and, and bless the staff. And that's me attempting to play soccer. Uh, <laughs> um, so uh, you can go to the next one. This is really cool to you. Yeah, so um, I got to meet my friend from uh, middle school, and it was kind of crazy because I didn't know he was living there. Um, Till after we bought the ticket, we found out that he's a pastor in the same island that we're going to go to. And I was... And I was like, Indonesia has 18,000 islands that you can't see, and for him to wind up on this one island was yeah. pretty insane. So it was, it was, I couldn't believe it. So we got, we drove like three hours to see him um, and his wife and um, his little baby. So it was really cool and we connected and yeah, it was amazing. And I feel like a lot of our trip, when we were preparing, it feels like we felt peace to do certain things. So we went for it, but there's a part of, in my mind, this is a bit random kind of thing. But then, like, when we were doing it, like, this is not, like, God had all this figured out for us. And it was just amazing to kind of, it feels like we're just sitting in a chair and God, like, let me take you to these people, let me take you to these places. And it was just so humbling. And we really felt God's hand over our trip. Yeah, and he happens to work with at-risk adults and taking them out of really terrible situations. So it's very similar work that he does. Um, you guys okay? There's only like two more points, I promise. <laughs> okay, so don't switch next, but the, this next slide that's about to come up was like the big fireworks moment. We had no grid that this could even possibly happen in this trip. Um, completely blew our minds. Um, so meeting Artie, Artie, who's bringing the schools to in Sumba, he knows the mayor and his wife. So you can flip to the next screen. We got an invitation to meet with the mayor of this one, uh, of the eastern side of this island. Um, we got an invitation to come and, and speak with them, telling them what we wanted to do. And this was not planned <laughs> at all. This happened, this was the last, we flew out this next morning at four, we had to wake up at 4 a.m. to be on a plane to leave. And this happened at 8 p.m. <laughs> so we were like pushing the, the level, but like we, we were absolutely blown away. We, um, it, the mayor's wife is in the middle here and um, the mayor himself, he, he had another important meeting he had to get to, but she is, his wife, she's in government as well. It's kind of like, their structure is whoever's the mayor, the mayor's wife has a lot of authority too in government. They kind of work in tandem. And so she's over the well-being of the families on this on the island. So she's in charge of like education and she oversees all of that. So she was the main one that we needed to talk to. Um, and like we, we sat down and she asked me to pray. And I prayed in Jesus' name in a government building in a Muslim country. 
And, and we were welcome to do that. And that just completely, I was like, okay, I'm going to pray. I, I'm, I'm going to say in Jesus name, <laughs> like I'm, I'm going to pray. Um, so that was incredible. And we got to um, eat dinner with them, talk with them. They were basically, again, confirming that the number one issue facing children is trafficking on this island. And there's, they don't have the resources or the know-how to deal with it. They've got their version of a safe house, but even they said that it's not enough, that it's not doing the job, that it's basically like a building that kids can go to, but there's no oversight. There's no, it's kind of like a safe haven kind of thing. It's not really a controlled, uh, yeah. Yeah, um, it was really humbling too because, like, in my idea of speaking to government in Indonesia, I would I would think that she would be like, I got things figured out, but she was really open of the issues that was there, and she was really saying like really heartbreaking stories, and she her heart is broken for the people there too, and he, she was like saying how much is needed, and like we talk for hours of how serious it is, and. It was, we couldn't believe it that we sat there. And like, for me, like, I'm Indonesian and I, I know how the country is not really open usually to things like this, especially if you're a Christian, but the fact that we're openly sharing our testimonies and how God provided and they were like listening and really receiving everything. And it was definitely a God moment, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so it ended, you can go to the next one. Um, it ended with us, them saying, we're waiting on you to come back. <laughs> basically, like, we need you to come back. And we, like, they gave us the green light to do whatever we want to do in that. And that's just beyond what we ever thought that was going to happen. Um, so, yeah, that was incredible. Um, I could talk a lot about that, but you can go to the next slide. Our very own Rochelle Schenkenberger is in here, and she knows Michelle and Colin. This was us in Bali. They've been doing anti-trafficking work in Bali for the past two years, and Rochelle helped us like get this meeting together and get to talk to them and, and see what they're doing in Bali. Um, and yeah, it's just crazy that like the Schenkenbergers recently moved here and here we are sitting here for the past seven or eight years. And, and then she's like, oh, I've got a friend in Indonesia doing the same thing that you're talking about. <laughs> and we were just like, oh my gosh, like this is crazy. And so anyway, we met them, got to encourage them and pray for them. And that was just really special. Um, so the next steps for, for us um, is we... You know, we got, we told um, Mike Mercer of Compassion First about our time there, about how I was telling him, I'm like, oh, well, something I didn't mention is that when I was talking to Mike from Compassion and I told him that we had eyes on Ntete, he had a smirk on his face in the Zoom meeting and he's like, kind of pushed back in his chair. He's like, couldn't believe it because he said, we've already been talking about the next place that we would want to plant a safe house is Ntete. And, we, and he said, anywhere in Indonesia that you do this type of work, it's helpful. But we believe that the Lord has strategic places for us to have a base. And he said, we've already rescued children from Sumba and Kupang, and that's where we would like to go next. And I'm just like, I, I just can't make any of it up. It's ridiculous. And um, so we got back and I told him, I said, um, Mike, I want to be transparent, transparent with you. Um, we fully see your vision and support it. We see the success you're having. Um, 
I mean, girls that have gone through the program and now are, are, have like masters in theology, um, like doctorate degrees in healthcare, one studying in law right now. Like it's insane what the Lord is doing in this one organization. And um, so I emailed them. I said, our heart, we would love to join you. I don't want to impose, but I just want to tell you where we're at. And this is what happened in our time in Ntete. Basically been invited by the local government to come and do our work there. Um, and in one of his sermons, he happened to say that we don't go into a place until we're invited by the government and that we can offer them that. Like, it's pretty, it's pretty crazy. But our next steps is next week, we go to Oregon and that's where their headquarters are for an interview for two days, um, be, basically meeting their leadership um, and they're handling it as our interview. So that's where we need you guys to be praying for us, uh, for, for wisdom and guidance and all the practical decisions that are having to be made. Um, it's just like the God, God has not stopped his pace. Like it, it's just one thing after the other. And we're just like, we've been waiting for 12 years and then like the end suddenly of God happens and it's just dropping. So um, yeah, we, we love you guys and we want you to be along the ride with us and we need your prayers and yeah, we, we love you. I know that's a lot schedule. Like we would love to get coffee with you and tell you more, but um, Jake, thanks for letting me over take over the time, but that's pretty much it. Awesome. We love you guys. Thank you so much just for sharing the testimony of what God has done, what he's doing, and thanks for inviting us into the road ahead. Um, we love you guys and are praying for you all. So thank you so much. All right. Well, that's our service. And your application is to pray for our friends, to pray for our friends. You know, what I would have taught this morning was just some pillars of relationship um, generosity was one of them, not just about financial, but it's about opening your life to people, opening your home, opening your wallet, our practical ways that plays out. But generosity, it's opening your life. That's my friends. That's my friends. The second point I was going to make was about faithfulness, being faithfully present with people. In all the years that they've longed and dreamed about what God had in the future, they have always been very purposeful and intentional in the present to be faithful, to engage with people, to serve the body of Christ. They've lived that out. They've modeled that. And then the last thing I was gonna talk about was honor and blessing, honor and blessing. These guys have honored and served this body and they are to be honored and commended as they step into what the Lord has for them. Scripture even says that's the right thing to do. Like in Timothy, Paul's talking to him and encouraging him, like elders in the church, like people who are serving the body, that double honor is due because they're faithfully serving the body. And so we honor you guys. So thank you for living and modeling pillars of healthy relationship. You've been that here in this body. And the beautiful thing is whatever the Lord has in the future at whatever timeline seems quickly, <laughs> but at whatever timeline, you know, we're a part of a larger body. This, these are kingdom relationships that go beyond a specific place in a specific city. 
This is God's kingdom. And so we love you guys. We're in it all the way with y'all. We're for you. Thank you for loving and serving us well. And it's our honor and joy uh, to partner with you guys in all that God does. So church, we can commit our hearts to be praying for them while they're in Oregon next week. And listen, we're gonna go into it believing God has ordained this partnership but we're just asking for his clarity and his direction for the folks at Compassion First, for it to be confirmed in them and in Andrew and Dira. And if for some reason it's a closed door, the Lord will make it evident where they go next. But we're gonna believe for this connection because we see God's hand all over it, all right? So let's pray. Uh, Lord, first and foremost, we worship and honor you. Thank you that we can gather as a church family. Thank you for, for the opportunity to see specifically into the lives of our friends, the Sorianos, and all that you are doing. Thank you that in this moment, this morning, we see your faithfulness over a lifetime. God, the way you even brought them together in marriage, the way you planted seeds in their heart of a calling that you've given them. Lord, the, the way they faithfully walked with you, They've loved each other. They've poured into the lives of their children into this church community. God, we're just in awe of that. Lord, thank you that, that we can partner with what you're doing in this world in really practical ways by loving one another well, by being, by being generously engaged in each other's lives, by opening up our lives to each other. God, we get to partner with what you're doing in each other's lives. Lord, would you help all of us to be generous in our relationships. God, to open our lives, open our homes, even open our finances uh, to your kingdom work. God, would you help us grow in our faithfulness as friends? God, to be present with one another through life in all of its various circumstances. And ultimately, Lord, would you create in us a culture of honor where we speak blessing and encouragement into one another in the body grows and flourishes as a result. We commit our friends, Andrew and Dear to you. We commit all of our hearts to you as we go about this week that is ahead. We love you and it's in Jesus' name we pray, amen.